Hello and welcome to the Jordan Powers Experience episode 6. Uh, my name is Jordan Powers and yes, I'm still doing intros from my balcony because uh, I kind of liked it and it's uh, easier when I can't get into the studio all the time. So uh, here we are, episode 6 is with uh, the one and only Balin McGraw. Uh, Balin is a lead singer in a metal band named Ugly as well as a uh, fashion designer doing what he describes as denim scratching, basically putting tattoo-like designs into uh, denim jackets and just threading them in there. It's like very, very cool. Highly recommend you go check his stuff over at Denim Scratcher and over at Ugly to the Core on Instagram. And uh, yeah, Balin is, uh, is a man of many talents and so we uh, got into those many talents as well as his history as a snowboarder as well. Um, so yeah, without further ado, let's just get a quick word from Les Sponsors, starting with Oakham Cannabis. Uh, Oakham Cannabis is a privately owned, family-run craft producer located in Kelowna, BC. Uh, in their facility, they are determined to produce the highest quality of bud in their state-of-the-art Roto-Grow rotational gardening system, as well as premium full-spectrum CO2 extracted oil, all done in-house with their Apex extraction unit. Um, all growing is done in indoors using a hydroponic system to create a clean and controlled growing environment. Uh, Oakham has been producing clean, high quality, high THC cannabis for almost two years and their controlled conditions allow them to produce cannabis that is free of pesticides and mold without irradiating. Um, they recycle water, employ organic practices and are energy efficient. Uh, keep an eye out for their first two products coming to the market, Smoke'em and Discover, uh, that should be coming to BC pretty soon. So yeah, check them out. Our second sponsor is Garnish Barware. Garnish Barware is trusted behind some of Canada's busiest cocktail bars. They do custom engraved um, barware and flasks and all this other cool stuff. So whether you are a at-home cocktail maker like myself or you are working behind a bar, make sure you go down to www.garnishbarware.com and get your custom engraved barware kits done from them. Uh, they're a local Kelowna brand. My man Griffin is running them. So yeah, check them out. So. Without wasting any more time, enjoy my conversation with Balin McGraw. I kind of need to take a break pretty soon here. It's good, man. Honestly, it's been great. I haven't been like stoned or drunk in two fucking weeks straight, and it's like it's very clearing. Yeah, <laughs> it's who shocking. Would, who would have thought? <laughs> Not consuming substances keeps you level-headed. Well, let's yeah. get into it. It's Three, two, one. Check, 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 check. We good? Balin. Hello. What's going on, man? I'm sitting here looking at you. How are you? I'm doing good. I wanted to do this on camera because... Oh. Yeah! Finally it. got it. I always miss the snap when I hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This is also... I realized this on the way over here. It's the first time you and I have hung out one-on-one -on -one ever, and we're recording it, so that's kind of a trip. That is kind of a trip. I haven't thought about that. Right? Yeah. Well, there's a couple times where I've been sitting at your bar, and I've... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very true. Very true. But like outside of like either of our work circumstances and shit, this is the this is a first. So that's wild. So now we're documenting it. Well, welcome. Episode yeah, six yeah. of the Jordan Powers Experience. Episode... 666 baby, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's almost perfect for right? you eh? i'll have to get you to come back on for 666 if i keep going that long yes absolutely <laughs> well man i honestly i don't even know where to start with you because you were described to me by sean as the ultimate renaissance man in town sean over at gray hearts <laughs> i don't even know what that's supposed to mean but like thank you sean that means you're a man of many many talents so where would you like to start oh dude um that's your show. You're just going to hand me the mic like that. Yeah. 
Uh, well, you said you wanted to talk about band stuff or fashion stuff. Let's do band stuff right away because you just were dropping uh, some new music with your band, right? Yeah. So this is this is being recorded the day before our first song in over, I guess it's almost a year comes out. Damn. So our last, yeah, the last time we put out music was uh, in October, I guess. And the name of the band is Ugly, correct? Ugly. Yeah. Ugly. Ugly. Not Absolutely. Ugly Correct. It's Ugly. Ugly. And yeah. you can go on Instagram and find them at Ugly to the Core. That's the one. Nailed it. So, yeah. and you two. Getting that handle is just ugly is <laughs> pretty damn fucking near impossible, difficult. dude. Yeah, absolutely. We had to improvise a little bit. We're a bit of a hardcore band. So, like, the, the overall theme is like ugly music for ugly people. <laughs> but it's, it's more so taps into like everyone is ugly. Like, yeah. Or I always yell at kids on stage, like, we're ugly and so are you. Nice. That's kind of the whole theme of it. And you guys were wearing masks for the longest time also, like before I, the pandemic. I wore a mask on stage. Yeah. It's, uh, the rest of the guys kind of just run around and do crazy shit, but I'm, <laughs> I'm up there like, yeah, like full on shirt off, mask on, just giving or choking myself out with a mic cord. <laughs> Damn. Stupid shit like that. Uh, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. I listened to too much Slipknot growing up apparently. <laughs> same bro. Same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did, uh, does the mask make you feel like you got a bit of like a persona for being oh, on for stage? Sure. Like yeah, you get it's, into character? it's wicked. It's like full blown, like character performance art kind of shit. Right. It's like, yeah. it's, uh, I don't even know. I've been asked this before. I don't. I don't know if I could do it without the mask on. It would be super awkward for me. I think to go up there and like talk about what I'm talking about and and putting the energy out the way I am without it because it because it allows me to to almost add a layer between like my like my true self and the audience and just be like, okay, now you're looking at this. You're looking at this dude who is like almost like am. It, it, it's pretty ambiguous because it's just like a black kind of mask covering most of my face. So. I don't know whether it's like one of the like you see you see that part of me and yourself or whatever it is, but like the right. effect that it has is really interesting based on like you know conversations I've had with people after the show and stuff like close friends of mine or people I don't know even are going like oh, dude you're fucking terrifying up there. But then you get <laughs> up, then I get off stage and I'm just me. I'm just like hey what's up thanks for coming out to the show and it's just <laughs> yeah. like I think it throws people off a little bit. But of course, well it's kind of cool to be able to like release that energy out in like a healthy environment and and just like you know put it out through your art. Yeah, you nailed it. That's the whole the whole baseline theme is like it's weird we write about things that that are that's shit that like you don't really talk about day to day or like stuff that you are told not to or is like taboo to talk about like being depressed and being pissed off and all this kind of shit and it's it's very cathartic. Like I write music when I'm at my lowest. It's like a place for me to put all this shit so I can like put it there, breathe and move on. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't hang on to it. And when we play live, it's about creating a space for other people to tap into that same energy and just like leave all their shit in the pit. You know, it's just like you, you can come out, what, no matter what state you're in, the music's going to start, you're going to get into it. You're going to release all this crazy pent up energy in you. And then you're going to leave like feeling better. And totally. that's kind of the overarching principle of like what we're trying to do with our music. Yeah. I find, um, making music videos can be very therapeutic for me you know mm. girl breaks my heart or something like that and it's just like i'm gonna make a sad music video i'm that's gonna tight. Yeah, <laughs> you know and awesome. it just makes me feel better and so then i'm like Fuck totally because it. Like, it allows you to like it. process as you create you're like why am i feeling this way and you're right like for me it's like i'm writing these lyrics and i'm like where the fuck is this coming from? Like, yeah. I, no, I didn't get hurt this bad. Yeah, I'm sad, but like, oh damn, who hurt this guy, right? So it's uh, it's this whole other thing where it allows you like through the creative process to like really be, become introspective about your experience and, and reflect on it and, and move past it. And mm -hmm. hopefully 
or if you're ever really in my case like if ever i'm feeling pissed off i just listen to my music and i'm like oh yeah there it is <laughs> okay now we can move on from it right yeah um and growing up did uh was metal like a giant part of your life because you and your brother both play in metal bands um, yeah I totally living machines shout accidentally out. put this t-shirt on and yeah. uh yeah this is living machines t-shirt uh your brother quinn is uh the lead in that band as well right yeah totally he's the band dad the band dad yeah, yeah totally so every band has a dad so to speak so yeah <laughs> and he's theirs for sure so was it just all metal growing up or you know, the older I get, the less I listen to it, but it doesn't mean I don't listen to very much of it either. It's kind of that weird, like, I've learned to appreciate other things. But yeah, at one point in my life, if you didn't listen to metal, fuck off. <laughs> like, it was like, it was so, so like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the word is for it. But yeah, it was definitely, that was that kid. Yeah. Like, fucking Slayer shirt and whatever band, belt buckle, a backpack with speakers on, just blaring the most ignorant shit, walking <laughs> around the hallways at high school. It was so out of, out of control and over the top. But yeah, huge part of my life, man. Absolutely. I was a pretty pretty sad and pissed off teenager for the most part. So it allowed me to kind of like listen to stuff that I'm like, oh damn, like I relate to this. And it's kind of the same, going back to what I was talking about, it allows you to kind of feel some some almost like comfort and, and familiarity with like these emotions you're experiencing that are typically if you bring them to the surface, like you're going to kind of get looked at like, Oh, is this guy okay? Like maybe you need some fucking help, dude. And like, and there's nothing wrong with seeking help either. Like I've had plenty of help throughout my journey. Right. But it's uh, yeah. A long way to say, yeah, metal is, is, and always will be a big part of what I, uh, my, of my experience. I feel like uh, people who don't listen to metal don't realize how like introspective and deep it can be sometimes. Dude, for sure. Like I was Absolutely. leading the, reading the lyrics to um, walk by Pantera. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, this is actually talking about like leaving behind your fake friends basically. Yeah. And I'm like, there's actually a lot of lessons in this, but you hear it and it's just, dudes just screaming and getting angry. And like, yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah it's kind of wild. It's fucking wicked, man. And it's like, it's a bonding agent and that's what's so cool is like going back to like the the show is in creating that space for people to feel a certain way and to come together around these types of feelings and have conversations about it like real fucking talks about it either before or after the show and like you know, I've had people come up to me after like I remember I'll never forget this a, a fan of ours came up to me after one of our shows and was like man thank you so much for writing about all the fucked up shit that I think in my head and I'm too afraid to say out loud. Wow. And that was a really crazy feeling because for me, when I put all the stuff out initially, I'm like, someone's going to think I'm nuts. Someone's <laughs> going to think I'm some Unabomber type psycho and that I'm <laughs> yeah. off kilter as fuck. And it's, uh, and it was a really, a really cool moment that I, yeah, I'm never going to forget that because it's like, damn, okay, cool. Like people get it. Yeah. People get it more than I thought they would. And that's really comforting in a weird way because it's like, it's really soul bearing shit. You're talking about like what you're experiencing at your lowest moment. At least for me, it's like when I'm, whatever I'm writing about is like me at my low, like mm-hmm. the low, 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 low. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool for people to like see me, but also know it isn't like who I am in a weird way. Right. Right. Which is like the mask also kind of helps with that. I think too. I've always been surprised with how uh, kind and open the metal community is a lot mm-hmm. of the time as well. Like some of the nicest people I've met are like, they got hair past their elbows and they got tattoos all up and they're wearing a Slayer shirt. Totally. And just like, hey bro, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like that, that sea of black shirts and camo pants. Like you, you can <laughs> yeah. find some real homies in there. Like it's some real cool, genuine people that are like probably more in tune with like who they are and what they're experiencing, like emotionally or spiritually or whatever you want to call it than like the average human being. Because like you said, there's like, there's that thing where you all of a sudden you, you just get it. You're like, damn, okay, cool. Like they're, they're writing about this and I, and I, and I feel that. So Mm -hmm. now you get a room full of people like that. Well, damn, the energy is electric, man. It's insane. And it's, 
as much as it's like physically energetic too, like people are shoving each other and doing all this crazy shit. I'm not sure if you've ever experienced it, but if you ever drop in a pit, you're gonna have like all the biggest dudes blocking a hole around you, picking you up and making sure you're okay before anything goes on. Yeah. If bands see it, usually they'll stop the show if somebody gets really hurt. Like it's, that's very much about like, we're kind of like a family that way. It's like the unspoken laws of, of totally. Of the pit. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and if you're out there to hurt people, you can take that shit somewhere else. Cause there's no fucking room for you here. Yeah. It's not about that. You don't go to a metal show to hurt people. You go to a metal show to like, let your shit out. It's a huge difference in the yeah. way you like channel that energy. Do you think, um, the metal scene just like, like worldwide has died off a little bit? Oh, I don't know. I think that at least locally, from what I've seen, it's been, it was gaining a lot of traction heading into um, heading into like the pandemic, if you will. Like it's the last few local shows that that we did and that other bands did. It's not even really unique to us. Like they were all sold out. They were there's there aren't big enough venues to hold what we're doing in this town. And um, and the you know that's we did a tour. I guess it would have been the fall before the pandemic hit. Um, and same kind of thing, like big crowds pretty much everywhere. It was the, the reception to what we're doing is amazing and to what the metal community is doing is amazing. Like heavy music is starting to really take its place and, and more so than I think it did before, if anything, I I think that shows are obviously right now, like we're going to be the last ones to come back to the stage, like indie artists and all the rest of it. Anybody who can get away with a sit down crowd or a nightclub crowd or all that kind of stuff, they're going to come first. And that's cool. But like, we're going to be the last ones to show up. But I think when we do, I think that's going to be huge. I think it's going to be like a second wave of people realizing like, damn, you know what? This is the music that got me through this shit. Um, and I think a lot of people even might've tapped into, uh, metal music and the metal community going through the pandemic being like, damn, like I'm, I'm sad, I'm pissed off or whatever kind of emotion right. they're feeling. Right. It's like, it's, it's somewhere for you to feel that and somewhere for you to just go into that. Right. And so I think that, uh, I mean, I could be totally off base or totally wrong, but I, I really think that there's going to be a huge kind of like, yeah, second wave, if you will, of, of like metal community support coming out of this. Yeah. Well, I think just shows in general are going to pop off after like people are just gassed up to be yeah. out and be around people and celebrate. And so whatever your, uh, genre of choices, like, I think you're just going to double down on it and go crazy. Exactly. Um, what, how did, how did ugly, uh, form as a group and, and how did it kind of all start? Oh man. So that's, uh, going back to me being real sad and real mad. I, I, uh, I was going through, I came out, it was coming out of a, uh, relatively complicated breakup and I lost a friend as well, uh, to the fentanyl epidemic, which mm. is a whole oh, other sorry. sad thing. Yeah. Thanks man. It's, uh, is what it is it's in a weird way. The band wouldn't exist without that kind of shit happening, which is awful and great all at the same time. It's kind of, it's never been clear like how to feel about that. But yeah, um, I wrote a few songs and my, my brother Quinn, who's sure you're sporting right now, he, uh, him and I, we've always been like, like metal kids together, showing each other this and that. And, and, um, and he's actually a, an audio engineer. Like he's a, he's a very talented one at that. So he, and songwriter and musician and all the rest of it. So he, I kind of, you know, showed him what I was up to. He's like, bro, let's just like, let's sit down and record him. Like, I'll do that for you for sure. You're my brother. Let's like, let's just have some fun with it and write some fucking music. Right. Like I'll help you piece all this shit together and nice. put some vocals down over it. Do what we got to do. So we did all that piece them together through some production at it. And he's like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. You should maybe like think about putting some money into getting it like mixed and mastered by somebody who's like got a better skill set or a bit, not better, but more profound skill set at the time, let's say. 
Um, so I sought, uh, sought someone out to do that, who in our community, his name is Jordan Chase, Udulali okay. Recordings. He's uh, the grandmaster of all things coming out of the valley right now, um, at least in the heavy music scene. He, I was fortunate enough to have him like totally get what I was going for and, and put an amazing um, production spin on the first set of songs, which is on an EP of ours called Vile, uh, which is also the name of the character that I play who wears that mask. Oh, dope. Um, so he kind of did all that, and then we're kind of like, okay, well, let's, you know, maybe to get the release going, like, let's put a band together and play a show. Like, it was never... It was never intended to be like, hey, do you want to join this band or whatever? My my brother literally tapped into his like massive network from being a lifelong musician and was like, hey, we want to play a couple of hardcore shows. We want we need a guitar like a whole a whole band lineup. What do we got? So a bunch of people get get at him because he's like the dude he is, <laughs> and uh, and so we threw this lineup together and we played a show and people really liked it. So then we got asked to play another one and then another one after that. And then we got asked to go on tour with a band called Plead out of Calgary. Um, so then we did our first tour and then we did another couple of local shows. And then we got asked to go on tour with a band um, who at the time were called Technical Damage and have since recently changed their name to No Light Escapes. We were actually supposed to go on tour the week that everything shut down for the oh, pandemic. No. That was the week that we were scheduled to be on the road. And oddly enough the week before that we we're like all this shit's kind of happening in the news and we're like okay like this is getting kind of serious like maybe we should not consider not encouraging people to get into these little rooms and get real sweaty right. and really close to each other like, like what's maybe, your responsibility like, yeah exactly point, yeah. like yeah. responsibility as an artist to your community you're like i don't i just we just didn't real, really feel right about it um so we actually pulled out of the tour and f within four or five days every single venue we were supposed to be playing it shut down no way. So it was, it's not, but not like not talking us up in any way, but it was just kind of funny how like circumstantially it wouldn't happen anyways, whether right. we wanted to do it or not, we would have never gone on that tour. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the whole trajectory of what we've been up to. And then we had a song we were sitting on for a little bit leading up to that tour. So we released it in the fall. And then since then I've gone through some lineup changes and everything, you know, the pandemic helped people like reprioritize what they were up to. And a lot of the guys that were in our initial lineup which again was never really supposed to be like this this band we were just a few dudes playing shows together they were in other projects those things blew up they moved on um so yeah we've done we've done a total rebuild on our sound our lineup everything uh, since then so which brings us to tomorrow when our first song and since the fall comes out so yeah it's exciting man it's really cool it's, no uh, it's been a crazy ass journey up to this point point. and where can people uh find the song what's it what's it's it going to be on it's called lacerate and it's going to be on spotify and apple music and pretty much every other streaming service under the sun um yeah totally so. and do you guys know when your first show is going to happen or right now we're we're I'm not going to reveal too much, oh, okay, but we've okay. got a, we're very close to locking in a show for Halloween. Nice. So Damn. Being, being who we are, um, we want to kind of lean into like the horror kind of vibe and really send it on like an epic Halloween show. That's so that'll be our first show coming back out of this pandemic, which hopefully if all, if everything lines up to the projected reopening schedule will not only be in and around then it will have been enough of a buffer between that date and the date of the show to really let people start feeling comfortable or getting vaccinated or whatever they need to do to, to really make a good show come. Cause it, 
you know, it, it'd be exciting to do it right when it opened up, but, right. but is, are people going to feel comfortable enough going out? Are people, there's, there's so many variables involved. So we're trying to think like, how do we get to the stage soon, but not too soon? So yeah, yeah, interesting. that's kind of it. So we're shooting that Halloween baby. That's, that's the move right that now. That could be wild. That could be crazy because Halloween in general is like a pretty wild night to go out partying, but totally. like the first Halloween back after a pandemic. Yeah. That's going to yeah. be nuts. And uh, yeah, and the, the guys that we're talking with about getting on that show are some some very rad bands. Uh, so yeah, I think that it's going to be, I think it's if, every, yeah, if everything lines up, and I don't want to jinx the shit, so <laughs> knock on wood once more, yeah. just for good I'm measure. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's that's what we're shooting for. Sick. Crazy, man. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine what it would be like being a, a performer and, and, and somebody who loves to be in front of crowds and people and feel that energy and just not being able to do that like this for the past year and a half dude yeah that's it's funny it's funny you mentioned that because we've had to like pivot very drastically even in the way we approach i guess i don't want to say writing music because that's almost like a different thing but like how we go about being a, a band like so pre-pandemic we were a live band like that was our thing we didn't really care to play the like heavy social media game all this kind of shit like we were just like no come see our show that'll sell us like yep. we were selling merch people were asking us to play more shows that's kind of all we really needed to do at that point uh then the pandemic hit and we're like oh fuck okay like this might be indefinite this might be something we really can't get out of so we need to seriously reevaluate the way that we're putting ourselves out there so yeah we had to had to take to the keyboard, man, and and really figure out a way to like how do we communicate our whole vibe and and brand essentially to people in a way that that resonates with what we're doing in an authentic way, but without giving any live experience. Right. Because even even for like for a fair bit there, like I didn't see any of my bandmates. Like we didn't like no one was comfortable meeting in person even. So it's this whole thing, right? Where like, so how wild, do you exist dude. as a band and write music uh, without being in the same room as people? Like those are all growing pains that we had to go through. Yeah. Which was, how which did was you awesome. do it? Uh, so thankfully most of us are, and all of us have like some basic type of understanding to a very profound understanding of how to capture and master and record audio. Um, so I've had to go from being the guy who's writing with an unplugged guitar with his phone <laughs> sitting on his yeah. knee and like playing riffs into that shit to being like, okay, cool. Now I need to actually like track the riff, throw it into the chat with the guys, let them listen to it. We all meet by Skype, start talking about it. And one of us will play it through our speakers and everybody will kind of give their input and be like, ah, oh, the audio sounds like shit. Let him play it instead. And like, there's all this kind of crazy crap that went with that. And, and, uh, so yeah, like we just grind, man. Yeah, it, it really was. It took, it kind of took the fun out of it. If I'm being totally yeah. honest, like there's a bit there, like we, we wrote, we have like tomorrow will be the first of three new singles that we have coming out between now and Halloween. Um, and, those songs like I there was a point in there where I was like I don't know if this is gonna break us or not like it was it was intense in the, yeah. to the sense of like it it really challenged whether we wanted to be doing this um if we were going about it the right way who we were doing it with all these kinds of things and it's uh yeah it was definitely a grind but now being coming out the other side of light at the end of the tunnel now and I can see that shit <laughs> and it's so close to being over with that like we're all we're all really reinvigorated by what we're doing now and it's uh yeah, the timing hope that thankfully is is lining up with the music being ready and done and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it's uh it's been a crazy crazy year and a half or two years or whatever you want to call it. It's no doubt, man. Fucking intense, man. Um, 
And so during this time when you were going through the pandemic and you were kind of looking at some other stuff, like, is that when the whole denim scratcher thing came to fruition or have you yeah, been doing that did. for a while? Yeah, it did. Nice segue. Look at you. Hey, man, Podcast I'm getting better at it. Over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My mom complimented me the other day. She did was she? like, you got really good segues. I was like, thanks, mom. Damn. <laughs> Damn. That's great. No, um, yeah. So that's actually totally how it kind of came about. It was... Uh, the so denim scratcher thing for a bit of background is is like essentially like a custom needlework embroidery thing that I do where I like I've always been a sucker for like tattoos and shit and as much as like the idea be cute to be a tattoo artist I'm like not really I don't know I'd <laughs> fuck with that right but it's uh, I had this kind of concept that I, in mind that I wanted to execute on for the better part of a couple of years where I wanted to like essentially tattoo or stitch designs into clothing into t-shirts or hoodies or whatever it was. Uh, and then a friend of mine uh, named Kristen, Young Shrub on Instagram. Shout out Young uh, Shrub. Yeah, shout out Young Shrub for sure, because I wouldn't exist without her in this regard. Um, she was kind of like, well, I actually do this stuff. Like, I actually know how to, like, embroider in kind of the style that you're looking for. Like, she's if you buy this so tool. Talented like, dude, in so many different so ways also. She's eh? unreal. Yeah. Like, yeah. As a photographer, visual artist, um, and, like, fashion, just, like, everything. The first set of photos that ever were taken for the Denim Scratcher project were actually taken by her. Which oh, crazy. I, which is, like, super special. Um, yeah, she, so she basically was like, if you get this tool and whatever, and here's a couple basic things, and like, I'll give you kind of like a Cole's Notes walkthrough on how to do it. Um, and from there, it was kind of like, okay, cool. Like, I think I have the general gist of this. Now I just need to figure out how the fuck to actually materialize it. So I had this one shirt, like a long sleeve denim shirt that a friend of mine gave me like chop some sleeves off in a collar and I just started banging all these random designs into just as a, like a kind of learning practice piece almost. Um, and then gray hearts opened up. So I'm like, Oh, these denim guys, I should probably show them this thing that I made just for fun. Right. So I kind of went in there one day wearing it and all nervous. And shit. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, like what is this thing I made? And I'm like, damn dude, that's really fucking cool. Like pick anything you want out of the store and stitch something into it no for way. us. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, what do you mean? You just like, you, we barely know each other. They're like, yeah, but like, Look what you did. Do more of that. Fuck yeah. And if us giving you a piece to work on and to collaborate with us like gets you further into that, then like fuck yeah. So that was like a really kind of crazy moment as well where they're like, yeah, here you go. Pick whatever you want. This jacket, sweet. It was like this dope like vintage Lee jeans jacket, um, which again, which Kristen helped me kind of push. She she pushed me very far in the concept <laughs> development process. Cause like, of course she's the first one I call. I'm like, Hey, the guys like they're pushing me to, they, they want me to do this thing. And, and I'm thinking like, maybe if I just do their logo and like a couple little hearts on the cuffs and she's like, or you could just do what you want to and do your thing and not try <laughs> nice. to do something safe. Like push it, man. Like do something that you think is really fucking cool. Cause that's what this is supposed to be about as a collaboration piece. I was like, damn, okay, cool. Thank you. Art mom. So I, <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, band dads and art moms. Yeah, seriously. It's yeah, it's, it's a trip, man. I'm like, I'm super thankful to be surrounded by people that are like, like my brother, like Kristen, like the Ray Hearts guys who have just like essentially like pushed me almost not, not against my will, but like really given me a huge kick in the ass to be like, stop being so scared. Like just go <laughs> fucking create stuff just for the sake of enjoying it and, and putting what you want out there. Uh, so yeah, so I kind of, I did this whole piece and thankfully that jacket was super well received and it's called the lover boy jacket. Nice. Um, yes. I saw that at a B and a at the pop-up shop there for the first oh, time. Shit. Yeah. 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 That's dope. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it like, 
it's uh, again, it's it wasn't a cheap piece. It wasn't super expensive either, but it's not like it's about money at that point. But it's like I put a lot of hours into that thing, and and it was you need to be compensated. It was very unique, and it was one of a kind. Not only jacket, but artwork and application and all the rest of it. So. Again, part of the, the fear thing and me being like, I don't know if anyone's going to like this. I don't know if anyone's going to care or whatever. And then it's sold. And it's like, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> what was that feeling like? It was insane. First. Yeah. It, was so, it was so surreal. And then funnily enough, a friend of mine knows the guy who bought it. Um, and like they posted a photo on their Instagram like a couple of months later. And he tagged me in it. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, so am cool. I famous? <laughs> and in my back of my head, I'm like, you made it, baby. Yeah, yes. It was a trip. So yeah, there's like... Some some dude cruising around out there with a piece of art that I made with my hands, like, and he wears it every day. Essentially, it's it's just like that kind of feeling is insane. So it really kind of pours some fuel on the fun, the flames, if you will, to to kind of keep me going in that regard. So now I've got a whole line of music inspired jackets, actually, one of which is a tribute to the very same shirt I'm wearing right now. Oddly enough, um, that's going to be dropping in like late summer, essentially, through Greyhearts. And where can people buy uh, some of your denim scratching gear? Is it denim um, scratching? Like, is that a term you came up with, or is that uh, what the actual so craft is? I was like dicking around, looking up kind of things because like it's like we're we're about to drop the Loverboy jacket, and I didn't have an identity as an artist, and I was like, what about like Balin? What about like <laughs> just Balin? Like just shit like that. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute, let's break it down from like a brand development perspective. Like, hey, what are you doing? You're like like tattooing but like DIY and not really and so I'm doing the classic like Google synonym thesaurus wormhole (laughs) and uh and whether this is validated or not somebody at some point wrote it down on the internet and said like a scratcher is like a term for somebody like a self-taught tattoo artist essentially like somebody who didn't do an apprenticeship or didn't really do any of that shit and I was like well ain't that fun denim scratcher and it's just kind of yeah that's just what i've stuck with ever since then and it somehow has caught on it's yeah it's really really cool man it's and humbling. so are you just running it through your instagram or do you have a website people uh, can go i to? only have it on my instagram right now um and the only pieces i really have available for sale are all available at gray hearts right now cool uh at some point it'll be really it'll, it'll i definitely want to like extrapolate what i'm doing into a bit more of a you know maybe using me as the hub instead of someone else as the hub, but right now it just feels right. Like those guys have been in my corner since like day one of doing this whole thing. And they're the ones who are, they're kind of like my, my, my Peter Parker spider bite. They're like my origin story. Right. (laughs) So it's, uh, yeah. So I'm like, it just feels right to go do everything through them right now. They're like, yeah, they're massive supporters of mine and I want to be a big supporter of theirs. So it's kind of this, this whole little community that they've created that I'm lucky enough to be a part of. So hell's yeah. Yeah. So any denim scratcher goods are all available at Greyheart's denim. There you go. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And you know, I keep you on Temperature down. I love that you fuck with me now. Cause you know I keep you around. Yeah, you know that I mean it. Not turning the temperature down. I'm with you when I ain't around. One day together we are. Yeah, you know I mean it. Yeah, you know I mean it. Yeah, you know I mean it. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean it. You know that I mean it. Roll up a spliff and I bounce. specimen in his first press conference he like has the coca-cola bottle on on there and like that's their sponsor and he like looks at it and he's just like 
puts it under the table. And Coca-Cola lost millions, if not a billion dollars, off of that one move. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's kind of baller. It's hella baller, <laughs> That's <dude>. pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back. And speaking of sports, do you, well, first off, do you consider snowboarding a sport? Uh, yeah, I kind of have to, I think. I mean, it's <laughs> in the Olympics at this point, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I yeah. guess if it's in the Olympics. Yeah, totally. If people get paid to do it and it's in the Olympics, <laughs> yeah, all right, it's a sport. Fair enough. Because I've always known you as an artist, as an artist uh, through through your music and then through denim scratching and stuff like that. But um, I've heard whispers and rumors of you being a pro snowboarder. I was never pro technically, because um, you gotta you gotta be on payroll for that shit, right? Okay, okay. Um, but I at one point in time I was a competitive snowboarder. I like to say, yeah, for sure. Um, I got paid in product essentially, yeah. like yeah. yeah. You had a big sponsor, right? I had a few, yeah, yeah, yeah. a few. Okay. I, had a, I had a few. Yeah, sounds pretty pro, dude. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's it's snowboarding is a kind of interesting world that way, where like it's definitely like a like a hierarchy you work mm. up within the sport. Um, so like for instance. Some sponsors of mine um, would I would be what's considered a flow rider. So you would be, uh, and there's two different types of flow rider. You're either direct flow, which means the company is like somebody in whatever company is sending you the product directly, or in my case, you're like rep flow, where the sales representative of that company, like so they'll they're hire, they'll hire sales agents to sell their products to, to independent shops and all this kind of stuff. Those guys have a promo budget. So what they like to do is find writers like myself at the time where you're doing the competing, you're filming video parts and you're doing all that kind of stuff. So they hook you up with a bunch of shit. Um, you still technically ride for that company cause you're within that hierarchy, but it's like, yeah, it's kind of the bottom of the totem pole, so to speak. Right. Um, so some companies I worked like not worked for worked with, I guess, um, I was like direct and some companies I was rep. Right, right. So, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, totally. So that's kind of like the the breakdown a little bit, not to get too technical, but And how did you get into all that? Like obviously growing up snowboarding as a kid, like big white and stuff or Yeah, so I started snowboarding cuz my my parents are very athletic. Like my mom was a pro figure skater, my dad was an amateur cyclist and they okay. like my we've always been like a very like athletic family. Like we played all the team sports growing up and all that shit. Um but we never had one that we all did together. So my folks one day were like, hey, you know what? Let's learn how to snowboard. We live in nice. Prince George at the time. We're like, we live in fucking winter wonderland <laughs> out here. Like, let's let's learn how to do something together as a family. So we learned all, learned, well, we all took snowboard lessons. We went to Sport Mart and bought a bunch of shit. And yeah, and that's, so that's, that's kind exactly of That's exactly what my family did. Is also. it really? Yeah, that's we, tight. We uh, moved from Maple Ridge to Kelowna. My dad sold his business, was balling for a minute there. And he was just like, let's learn how to fucking snowboard and ski. That's and so, so tight. Yeah, we bought the whole thing. We did it as a family. Um, none of us do it anymore. I was trash. It took me four years to learn how to toe turn. Damn. <laughs> so for four years, I'm Damn. just going down this way, down every single hill, bro. So <laughs> just I was garbage, man. Oh, dude. And my friends were all skiers and stuff. So then, like, you get down, like, Sir Waz on Big White. It's, like, so not only were you a snowboarder, you were bad at it. So, like, your friends are like, dude, like, we got to fucking avoid dude. this guy. Like, it's going to be contagious for sure. <laughs> man. None of the cool dudes hung out with me up on that hill, man. Damn. So, yeah. Yeah. And then the skiers are, like, pulling me on like the flat parts and I'm trying to like jump and shit and it <laughs> fucking sucks dude. <laughs> and then you're like weird why is no one inviting me to go riding with them I don't get it yeah. they would only invite me on New Year's Eve and stuff like that when we could go party later that night because I'm a fun guy to party with I think so yeah yeah that was about it yeah we've had beers together you were a blast <laughs> <laughs> so so you ended up uh you guys you were in Prince George the family decided to buy a bunch of gear yeah learned as a family yeah and you yeah, just and fell then, in love uh, with it 
Yeah, totally. Because I, I like I yeah, I became like pretty possessed by it for sure. It's like the the no, it's it's like it feels like flying, man. Like there's no there's no friction beneath your feet. You're just going as fast as you fucking can, and then you can hit a bump and literally f- soar through the air. I'm like, this is it. This is what I want to do every day forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now it's a little different, but like every time it, I just because I'm older now and I got other shit going on in my life. But every time I I hear the sound of like ratchet straps clicking onto my feet, I'm like, oh my god, yes, <laughs> this is go. me. This it's just built into my soul at this point, man. I I fucking love it so much. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't think that'll ever change. I don't think there's any, cause any, the minute I strap in, I feel like I'm that same like little kid again, just ripping around with his friends on the hill doing stupid shit. Nice. Cause that's all it really like brings you back to. Well, in the culture of just like boarding, like whether it's snowboarding or skating, surfing, like whatever, it's like such a, it has roots in being like a counterculture thing and like being free. And so yeah, I feel well like said, everybody sure. taps into that a little bit. Yeah, it's like you, it's a really, it's like the freaks and geeks thing, man. Yeah. Like you're just a bunch of misfits, like, and not even necessarily that. Cause like, I, I mean, misfit in the sense of like, you deviate from conventional athleticism. Like you for like, I was good at team sports and like played a lot of them, if not all of them at one point or, or another, but I just had more fun doing this. Right. And I didn't have to deal with coaches or jock <laughs> dickheads or some dude's dad wanting his kid to get more play time or it's like it was like you your shit speaks for yourself man like if you're riding a board and you ride it a certain way and ride it well or even not even well but like if you just ride it in a cool comfortable way like people are going to acknowledge that and that's kind of it like i so i've for 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 lack of a better term just been possessed by this shit since i started doing it and it kind of came like you know you you just little kid hanging around the snowboard shop island snow at the time which like I was up at, where where was that at? uh, That was near, uh, what is it? It's just off the highway now, like it's near the Savon and everything. It's turned into a nature's fair. Oh, really? So yeah, Island Snow and DVA were the two shops that became one board shop, which I'm still luckily enough to be a part of. Oh, tight. Shout out one board shop. Um, Yeah, so like Island Snow was my first ever sponsor because I was like hanging around there just being the little little shred rat kid and I'm just like put me on the team put me on the snowboard team fucking please put me on the snowboard team like I'll buy whatever you want they're like that's not what it's about man I'm like oh god damn. tell me then what do I gotta do so the one guy who was running the team at the time was like you gotta you gotta place in a contest or something you gotta fucking show me that you're good enough to be a part of this team and then like you're in but I can't just hand it to you this, that shit doesn't work like that which was a really cool lesson to learn at that time so I went to a contest and like how old were you at this time I'm I wasn't driving yet, so I was like 15 or 16 at this okay, time. Okay. Um, because I'm because my buddy's mom drove us to Mount Baldy. <laughs> I have only won two contests in my life. The first one I ever entered, I don't know fucking how that happened. Damn. And one and uh, a rail jam at Big White on my birth 29th birthday, so like a couple years ago at like <laughs> sessions or whatever. No I'm just way. like I'm the old dude in the in the squad. I'm just like I was right there by myself. None of my friends were there. I was just like fuck it. It was my birthday, and I'm taking mushrooms and drinking <laughs> and shit. And I'm smoking weed at the top, and I don't know anyone there. They're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Just the veteran, just like dressed in all black, listening up. to metal music. Like <laughs> God, this is ridiculous. And somehow I won a contest at 29 years old. Was what like, was what it is like happening? Metal and being, were you on a podium on mushrooms or anything? No, or? I was just like hanging. I wasn't that messed up. I was I was having fun with it for sure, but I wasn't like holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was weird because like they're now they're calling the names out and like I they call I, I thought I like maybe got third or whatever because I had friends who were judges and shit. So I was like, there's no way I'm gonna win, not right. a chance. I'm the old guy. I'm I'm fucking. I got friends who were judges. It's never gonna happen. They call out third place and then they're like, nah. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. That's fine. Maybe got second. Called out second place and then they said someone else's name and I was like. 
Oh, Shit, not my day. It. And then they called my name off at first. I was like, what? The? I literally at the top of my level, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and I cruised up there and then there was never really a prize on the docket. And then as I'm up there, the buddy who was like emceeing the contest or like running it or whatever, he was pretty wasted at the time. And then he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're giving you 500 bucks. And I was like, what? Yeah, most money I've ever won from snowboarding ever in my life. And I was like, this is insane. And I don't think he realized it at the time, but like there's a skier category too. So like, and they had already gone through all the shit. And so now he's like, fuck, I gotta pay, I gotta pay another 500 bucks to that guy. Oh no, God damn it. What have I done? Yeah, it was pretty funny, man. That's awesome. But I, yeah, so I don't know. So yeah, some, I'm some, yeah, some, some little kid, and my my buddy's mom drives us out to this contest, somehow win it, and I called buddy from like his mom's from my buddy's mom's cell phone. I called buddy at the shop and was like, dude, I won the contest. He's like, you're on the team, and just like, that's it. One of the best days of my life. Sick, I'm never gonna forget dude. that shit. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a good time. And so, what are you doing for for competitions? Like, is it like half pipe? Is it I usually did rail jams. Rail so jams? I was more of a rail rider for sure. Um, Big White is a great mountain to learn how to ride powder, ride all mountain. They had a really good park program for a really long time, which is kind of, you know, hit, hit or miss depending on, on who's in charge or who's building it now and everything. Um, no diss, just practical. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Big White usually produces pretty good rail riders. I'm lucky enough to be part of that crew of, of riders, I guess. So like, yeah, I just, I just wrote a lot of rail contests and like being a skateboarder growing up as well, that was a big influence for me to like get into snowboarding almost. It was right. like, damn, I can hit bigger rails, I can go faster, I can go bigger, all that shit. So that's what that was always a big draw for me. So I kind of approached snowboarding as a skateboarder um, for a lot of years and probably still do, whether I know it or not. Um, so yeah, just wrote a lot of a lot of rail jams at a bunch of different mountains all over like BC and Alberta and shit and just kind of Got to, I got, like, the shop would hook us up with a bit of gas money, and sponsors would send you shit every time you did well, or, like, every year they'd, like, re-up you on, like, new boards and new jackets and all this kind of crap. So, like, yeah, for a few years there, it was, like, my life was a fucking trip, man. No I just doubt, got to, man. like, go cruise around with my friends and, like, whip cameras out and film each other doing crazy shit on our boards, and then, yeah, just, it was a blast. Um, I, I, I never really did, like, like, I, I loved skateboarding when i was really really young but i never got good at it mm. and then i was always drawn more to team sports like i love being on a team i love and that's part of the reason why i love like the gray hearts boys and like everything they got totally. going on there is it just feels like a community and a team and so i never got into it crazy but one of the one of the things that inspired me the most to get into filmmaking was like snowboard videos and skateboard videos no shit and like especially like a king of the road and stuff yeah, on yeah, yeah. Iceland and stuff totally. like i was like man why won't why can't i be one of those Bro, videos you gotta guys check out one of the og uh, King of the Roads before Vice got their grips into it. It was gnarly. Yeah, dude, <laughs> like, it was yeah, so it was crazy. crazy like, it was like sure. Thrasher Magazine was the first people to see yeah, exactly. it, right? Yeah. Even the photos, I used to always buy the magazines just because yeah. I loved the culture around it, but I never did it much, but... Like, yeah, yeah you can read interviews of guys just do like talking about like being in jail or like doing crazy <laughs> yeah, shit on the road. And just like, that misfit vibe, right? Totally. Like, you're like reading this. You're like, wait, what? Like who printed this? Like, how are, is this? Are you allowed to say this? It was this like, yeah, I remember reading a few interviews like that when I was younger and it didn't make sense to me that that was like a thing. Right. But that's what was so fucking cool about it. I'm like, my idols are guys that are covered in shitty tattoos yeah. and like jump down stairs for fun. Like, yeah, and drinking who do you hang out on with? The side right? Like, yeah. Into fucking half pipe and yeah. And that's the other thing of it too is like there is this weird kind of and it's and that's dwindling out. Thankfully, there's always kind of like because of the counterculture and rebellious thing. It's like no, like to be a skater, like you got to be like fucked up and like landing tricks and all that kind of stuff, which like 
really thankful that I, like my friends and I never really fell into that mm-hmm. and that it's now come to a point where like, it's kind of not getting rooted out, but there's, there's room for like the clean cut yeah. type of like rider now in the scene, which is great because it allows the sport to get pushed further by guys who are like eating healthy, stretching, yeah. taking care of themselves, sleeping well, like all that kind of stuff that yeah, like again, you're you were taught that you day. almost like had to do the opposite of that to be a part of the sport. Totally. Cause there was like, you had to earn your place, but we, what you didn't realize is that just by doing it, you were earning that place. Yeah. Right? Well, who's, who's that one um, skateboarder? He's like sponsored by on it and stuff. Now I don't know. Um, oh, uh, Neen, Williams. Neen Williams. Yeah, he's yeah, a perfect like, example of that. One of these dudes who was just like partying his ass off and fucking up his body all like for years. And then all of a sudden was like, what am I doing? Yeah. And now he's like years sober. Clean cut. All he does is like cook great food and work out and skateboard. And yeah. it's tight as hell. Like and he's, he's like one such of the best a in the world, right? role model, man. Like I, I don't, that's a weird, uh, not okay. weird, but that's an interesting statement because like, nobody's the best at it. That's what's so cool about it. Like there's people that are real fucking good at it. Um, there's always going to be those types, but no one can technically be the best. Right. Like, there's no benchmark. There's no world cup. There's no, I mean, you can, even if you get an Olympic gold medal, just means you rode well that day against a bunch right. of other dudes that could have got it just as easily as you. Right. So it's, that's, what's really cool about yeah, it though. I guess it's there's like, no like league that happens like each year. That there, always... there, there are now, okay. um, like in skateboarding, it's called street league. But then again, like a lot of amazing skateboarders don't, they don't even make it, make it past qualifiers. Right. They don't even want to be a part of it. So <laughs> who's the best? Nobody. That's the best thing about it though. Cause no, it's like, it's like music too. Like there's, there's always going to be someone better than you. Right. Always. No matter what, even the guys that, are the, that you think are the best, they've got people they look up to for totally. whatever reason. So I think that's, that's what I've always been drawn to for it. You know, like it's like, so it's like snowboarding and like skateboarding and that kind of thing. Is it like, cause like art is subjective, right? So like one person can say, this is the greatest musician of all time. And then yeah. another person will yeah. say somebody else. Totally. That's, that's the same. With just like that. Damn. Totally. And it is also an art form it too, is an because art form, the way you sure. approach Let's say you're looking at a rail or a set of stairs or something like that. What you choose to do on that day might not even be the same as what you would do the next day or the day after that or the day after that or the same as what the guy next to you is doing. And even if two of you do the exact same trick on the exact same rail, you're going to do it differently just based on the way your body moves and the way you go to get into it and come out of it, how fast you go and all that kind of shit. Um, and that that's what to me has always been so fascinating. It's like it's – like, art in motion in a weird way. You know what I mean? It's like you're interacting with, it's like a, I heard a quote like ages ago. I'm trying to remember it now. It's like a, a physical reaction to industrial architecture in a weird way. Well, it's like skateboarding and snowboarding, especially on like, it's like the, the more snowboarding more so in the like streets, uh, snowboarding kind of thing there. You're interacting with these like concrete jungle environments and, we wouldn't exist without those. So it's a, it's like a, a humanistic reaction to infrastructure in a weird way. That's wild. Yeah, totally. It's That's like, how I, I view um, MMA and fighting now also as like an art form. Like there's this like beautiful kind of technique and flow that some of the best fighters in the world can get into. And totally. It's, it's a yeah. sport as well, but it's it's definitely an art form. Like you have to master it to a certain extent in order to Yeah, and to I think succeed. mastery is a really interesting yeah. word for that because like – Skateboarding and snowboarding have taught me, if anything, you can try something for years, thousands of times. Once you do it once, once you do it once properly, something happens in your brain. Yeah. And you just it, you just look at it differently, completely. In that moment, it fucking changes you. And there's so 
who's to say you don't need to try something in your life a thousand times before you get it right once? What and all I... you need to do is get it right that one time. Yeah. That's what's so cool about it. It's a game of odds, but you're playing with yourself. Like, yeah, it's it's and so fucking much perseverance awesome. also. Like people absolutely like beat the shit like out of their tenacity, body to get man. one yeah. trick. I follow this one account called the Upworthy, and it's just like it's it's like. It's one of my favorites because it's just dead set on posting only positive stuff yeah. onto its Instagram. That's and dope. there was a video today of this girl who was um, practicing a kickflip. Yeah. And she's just practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. And then she finally lands it once. And the joy that she had and the passion that she had was Dude, just like it oh, was intoxicating, heart. right? I love like, that. She, I the, love the that. The scream she made was just so awesome. And it was like, totally. hell yeah, man. Like That is so cool. Every every person who's ever skateboarded in their fucking life remembers that you yeah. remember your first ollie, your <laughs> first your first kickflip your first you know what i mean like those are the few things that like no matter who you are if you roll up to the skate park and you're learning how to kickflip if any of those dudes think they're too cool and they're making fun of you fuck those guys because they have they are they're forgetting where they came from man every single one of us who does the shit had at some point or another to sit there and go Okay, wait, what do I need to do with my feet? Like, how do I do this? You need, you need to jump and flick the fucking, like, what the hell's going on here? So it's like, it's this crazy thing where like, it's this, that's the bonding agent. It's everybody's gone through it. Yeah. Every single person. So people, yeah, I love watching those, those videos of people landing their first kickflip. I'm like, this is a trip because it takes you right back to your first one. Mine was in my parents' driveway when I was like 12 or 13 or some shit like that. I'm never going to forget it. It's just a part of you. That's so wild. Yeah. Dude. It's, it's crazy. It's super cool though. It's like, that's why no matter who you see pushing a skateboard around, you can kind of look at them and be like, I see you. Did you get more of I I don't know if the correct term is like an adrenaline rush or like fulfillment from landing like a giant trick or like one that you've been practicing for a really long time trying to land or being on stage and like absolutely crushing a show. <sighs> That's really interesting. I've never thought about that. I think that they're they're comparable. Like being on being on stage is really interesting because going back to what we were talking about, this the subject matter of like the music, like it's really like it's really deep and, and personal and introspective and cathartic and fucking energetic and all the rest of it. But snowboarding can kind of be like that too. Snowboarding can, and, or skateboarding or whatever, like depending on what you're feeling like that day or what you're listening to that time and like the relationships in your life, you're just, it kind of, they they all weirdly enough kind of influence what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and when you land that trick, like maybe, maybe you're going through like a rough bout in your life and you, and all of a sudden you land a really hard trick that you've been trying for years. Like it'll, it might mean more to you at that point than it would have at another. So it's, it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm talking in circles because I don't know how to answer yeah, that. That's, well, really, that's a really good question, though. Damn, that's a trip. Because I, I think, like, with team sports, I find, and maybe it's why I like filmmaking so much also is because you're you're always collaborating. Like, you can't make a movie or a music video or anything like that by yourself. But, like, that energy of other people and, like, the enjoyment that you get as a group is, like, what I always, like, love and, and um, yeah. I was on a soccer team, a high school soccer team uh, at OKM growing up, the Huskies, and like we crushed it. Like I, I was, I, I wasn't the best player on the team by any means. Like I didn't even score a single goal, and this team had like hundreds of goals. You know, <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, totally. But like but you got to be a part of that experience. I got to be a part of it, right? man. And and like I literally will never yet again forget the feeling that I had when we finally won the provincial gold medal, and like. 
yeah, I don't know if I could. I, I, like, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for something to like reignite like that passion in me and that feeling in me again. I get just as that's really cool that you say that because I actually I used to really love like being a part of like my, my snowboard team for that same reason. Like seeing my friends up on the podium, it was like I was up there with them. Totally. Like, dude, like we drove here together. Like exactly. we all kind of rallied behind you to make sure like you got into finals. Fuck yeah, dude. What do you need? Like what? Like, it was it was this really cool kind of like. There was camaraderie involved, and it's funny that you get that from a sport that has got nothing to do with teams, but kind of has everything to do with teams, you uh, yeah. know, because it's about, like, but you get to choose your team in a weird way. You get to choose who your friends are and, like, the people you're riding with, at least at that level. Like, when you become a pro, it's probably a little different, um, or maybe not. I don't know. I've never been there, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, man, it was, it, that's, like, one of the most gratifying things out of snowboarding for me was being a part of, like, the team that I was a part of at that time, like, the during the island snow days where every, every, seemed like, every other weekend we were just going to a different contest and, like, it didn't matter which one of us ended up on the podium, but one of us pretty much always would because there's like a squad of like five or six dudes and you're all giving her everything you've got every time you get out there. So like, yeah, it's a game of odds. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, the coin lands heads up once in a while and just so happens to be your friend instead of you, right? But that's a like, you get to kind of take, like enjoy that moment with totally. them. That's what's you like get a piece so of empowering too. So it like keeps you wanting to do it like with those people and for those people and Totally, so, yeah, totally. It's a feedback loop, a positive feedback loop, almost, right? I'm, uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot again, but uh, oh shit! <laughs> uh, I, I always ask this question because, like, I love going over to Jack's Pizza and Liquor. Or I guess it's just Jack's, just Jack's now, right? Jack's on Bernard now. Jack's on Bernard yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, and they've got the whole um, album wall yeah. on on there. And so, if I'm ever trying to like, you know, try to break the ice with a girl or something like that, I'll be like, if you were living on an island and you could only pick three of the albums off that wall, like what? Oh man, what we, would we you must do? be listening to the same shit because <laughs> I totally have pulled that move before. Like, what's up, girl? What do you like off the wall? Pick your top three. Let's deliberate your music interests. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, <laughs> so I was gonna ask if you, because I used to love. When I did snowboard, even though I wasn't great at it, I used to curate playlists for when I was riding all right. the time. Yeah, because yeah. I played drums growing up. Like, I was in a band and shit like that. Like, yeah. I, like music was my life. Um, so if you could pick three songs to – you know what? Or you can go three bands. I'll say three bands to listen to while riding, and you only get three. What would they be? To listen to while riding. Oh, man. Okay, i got to dig into my snowboard playlist for yeah. a sec here. I'm um, be Rage Against the Machine for sure would have to be on there. Yeah, that's a good one. I used that's to listen to Rage all the time. Sure. Nowadays, I feel like I have to pick something like a little bit vibier, like some, maybe like some Mac Miller or something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I'll throw Kendrick Lamar on there as well. Okay, okay. So I'm going to go the opposite direction with that. Easy, Metallica's easily on that list, like for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm a diehard man. I don't care what anybody says. They're fucking awesome. Um, of course they're awesome. Who says Metallica awesome. isn't awesome? Oh, dude, that's a debate within the metal community Shut for sure. Up. People talk so much shit just because they're the biggest ones, right? Everyone's gonna like. People talk about how fucking lame Lars is and, and oh as a drummer, God. like all this kind of. Cra it's crazy. Dude, like, but, there's that video of them at um, Woodstock, and I think they're playing in front of a million people doesn't surprise me yeah like they're they're fucking amazing That's i got to insane. see them a few years ago one of the craziest things i've ever That's witnessed so fucking they're all in their 50s they're playing for over two hours straight music that they wrote like 30 years ago at Full speed, no breaks. Like, dude, that's a that's a physical game that's in and of feat. itself. Let alone like they're 100%. doing it with ease and, and entertainment and like, yeah, amazing. One of the best bands of ever. Period. Everyone else can fuck off. <laughs> okay, um, so Metallica's on Metallica's that list. on that list for sure. Um, Slipknot's probably on that list too. Those are probably my top two 
like metal bands for sure. Um, damn, number three, hey. Alexis on Fire. Oh, nice. Yeah, Alexis on Fire. Great sure. choice. Yeah, because they have a really fun balance of like the crazy shit and the pretty stuff and the moody stuff. And it's kind of, they're really fun to listen to when you're writing. Because at least for me, like the music I'm listening to will kind of impact the, what I'm doing on my board. And some days I don't want shit that's balls to the wall. Some days with I'm writing POW, I just want something like pretty and cruisy and kind of, so they can kind of, they can kind of scratch that itch in, in both senses. Um, yeah. Those would, be my, it, those would be my three bands, I think. Fuck yeah. Probably. I do. Well, this is uh, this has been fun, man. This has been fun. Yeah, thanks a lot for uh, for inviting me to come do this. This of, is a trip. Of course. Uh, do you have anything you want to shout out? Um, let, let the people know your Instagram. Let them know what projects you have coming up. Maybe shout out the song that's coming out again. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, for for all things stitching and fashion related, I'm going to point at this camera and be like, what's up, dude? That is um, your camera. Yeah, perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hit me up on Instagram at Denim Scratcher. Um, all of the band-related stuff is at Ugly to the Core. Um, we have a new song coming out called Lacerate, which will be coming out. Basically, it'll be out by the time this comes out. So don't even worry yep. about the date. Just go and fucking listen to it. It's awesome. It'll make you want to break shit in your house and <laughs> all the rest of it. Um, come to our show. Uh, on Halloween, um, we don't know where or when. Yeah, we don't know. Well, I might know where or when, but I'm not saying <laughs> shit just yet. But yeah, stay tuned for that. Big Halloween show is going to be coming up. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Shout out Greyheart's Denim, Young Shrub. Yeah. Jordan Powers Experience. My brother Quinn for helping all the, the music shit. Yeah, shout um, out Quinn. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Shout out Quinn, Living Machines, all the rest of it. And Denim Scratcher. Yeah, absolutely. Did you already shout that out? I, or? I did. Oh, yeah. Okay, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so good, it deserves it twice. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Dude, yeah, thanks so much for coming on, like for letting me come and talk about myself. <laughs> Don't pull windmills on me and steal my podcast, man. Yeah, no, I ain't about that. Absolutely not. No, I'm very stoked to be here, though, dude. Thank you very Hells much. Yeah, bro. We'll have you on again uh, either before the episode 666 or episode 666 for sure. <laughs> Horns up, baby. Let's cool. Do it. We'll put uh, all those links down in the bio. Thanks for listening, people. Cheers, dude. Oh, let's get this. <laughs> Twice in a row. I'm making you proud.